if we do not understand how to build wealth, we cannot be financially secure and we can never really be free. Each of us needs to understand the language of money and we shouldn't continue to wait for negative events or stressful situations to be motivated into action. Today on Shack Shack, we have Damilola Gittins, who is a Nigerian-born certified financial planner and chartered investment manager based on the West Coast of Canada. She's an advocate for financial planning and education, and she's also passionate about empowering women to take charge of their finances and their futures. Welcome, Damilola, and thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So recently, I've been discussing the fact that there seems to be you know, insufficient financial education in many homes and in schools. So I'm curious as to what was your own experience of learning money management and personal finance, if it was something that you learned at home. Oh man, how did it all start? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, talking about finances at home wasn't really a thing. Mm -hmm. um, the most I heard about finances or money at home would be arguments between my parents. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's interesting. Right? I'm, I'm sure everyone can relate to that it's in true, some it's way. True. Yeah. But my, my parents will argue, and I always used to think, oh, I don't want that to be me when I grow up. Um, but I never really asked any questions. So my journey actually began in university, mm -hmm. uh, taking a course on money and banking. And when I took that course, it sort of opened my mind to how else we could relate to money and then through my work experiences i learned more about credit for instance which was so foreign especially coming from nigeria mm -hmm. to canada and that's truly how it began i just kept learning and learning and learning as much as i could okay so i guess it was more in a for formal setting than necessarily like at home okay yeah yeah. So, I mean, having grown up in Nigeria and studying and living in Canada, would you say there are um, difference in views on money and investing in general, like in, you know, in your own experience? Oh, that's a really deep one. <laughs> money for a Nigerian is quite different from money as a Canadian. Mm -hmm. um, there are certain things like planning ahead that is very much a focus in Canada. Like you start talking about retirement planning mm -hmm, uh, that's true. as early as possible, right? You talk, most people on the street will talk about investing or, you know, what they're doing with their money. Mm -hmm. um, you don't really get that in Nigeria. I mean, people talk about money, but maybe more the lack thereof mm -hmm. or how to spend it. Fair enough, <laughs> fair enough. But um, lots of people in Nigeria too are small business owners. So they're more invested in putting money back into their own businesses. And, you know, the hustle culture is, is alive and well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I find that they also don't have as much trust maybe mm -hmm. in some of the institutions. Mm -hmm. um, I know, I know my grandfather like bought stocks for my mom, but other than that, I never really hear people talking about investing probably more so now than before though. Okay. Okay. So here in Barbados and the region, you know, some persons have managed their money via a susu or a meeting turn, which is believed to be of African origin and was particularly useful at a time where the poor and largely black population did not um, have sufficient access or trust or knowledge of the formal financial system. 
um, in your own experience, what do you think are some of the things that kind of hold persons back from undertaking financial planning and, you know, and some of the opportunities available for building wealth? Oh, that's a great question. You know, I think most people find it challenging to connect with someone they can trust. And when it comes to financial planning, it's very much about that relationship. Like knowing mm -hmm. that the person you've shared all your business with it's true. is going to keep it confidential and actually look out for you. Mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. that is huge. Um, you probably, like when, it, at least growing up, like with my, my family, my mom wasn't very trusting. Again, she, she seems to have been a big influence when it comes to how <laughs> I think about my <laughs> No surprise. But she, she didn't really trust a lot of people. So she wouldn't have, um, uh, you know, participated in something like Osisu, even though I, I know it happened. Mm -hmm. And so I, in turn, didn't trust that sort of system. I more prefer, you know, something that's set. Um, you know, there are guidelines, there are rules, people are held accountable. Mm -hmm. um, and I think having a system like that can help people to feel more comfortable about talking about their finances and actually getting the advice they need. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um maybe you can give us, you know, a brief rundown of money management, you know, some of the key things you feel we should know in terms of, you know, managing our finances and, you know, in our endeavor to, to build wealth, some important things we should know. Yeah. So firstly, it starts with knowing where your money's going. Mm -hmm. If you don't know where your money's going, then how can you figure out how to keep more of it? True. So, very true. <laughs> one, one thing I ask most people is, okay, what are you spending on month to month? And I find that if we were to write down what it was and then take a look at their actual statements, there's usually a gap. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. True. <laughs> we, tend, we tend to spend a little more than we realize, you know, on day-to-day -day stuff, whether it's, you know, impromptu purchases or you know, just general living life. So the first thing is to know where your money is going. Mm -hmm. Once you know where your money is going, then you can actually control um, where you'd like to put your money. So if it's saving towards future goals, you can properly allocate the funds you have for those. Um, so the second thing would be to write down what those goals are mm -hmm. so that you mm -hmm. know what you're working towards. And then thirdly, if you feel like you don't know how to invest or how to manage it appropriately, look for help. Like just seek help, mm -hmm. yeah. ask questions. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Um, you know, it'll take you much further seeking that help than not. Okay. Great. So yeah, so definitely we'll we'll try to remember some of those things. Um so I know, as you said, kind of people are kind of apprehensive, you know, the relationship is about trust and that kind of thing. So how do you encourage people to, you know, to think about their financial future without feeling overwhelmed or, you know, they're not smart enough to invest or, you know, to save or to get their finances in order? Kind of how do you kind of help them to, I guess, to build trust and to kind of understand what it is they need to do and to encourage them to kind of take these steps. 
Well, uh, I suppose a wise person once told me, <laughs> how, do you, how do you eat an elephant? Mm, I don't think I've heard that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's one bite at a time. <laughs> 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 so the key to not getting overwhelmed is taking it one step at a time essentially mm -hmm. um you know starting with just writing down what your your goals are knowing how much you have left over every month to actually allocate towards those goals don't put too much pressure on yourself like give yourself enough time to actually achieve those goals in mm -hmm. a way that's yeah, balanced true. yeah I think balance is key when it comes to finances because once we start um, putting a lot of pressure or we're comparing ourselves to other people who might be in very different places, mm -hmm. then all these factors start to um, produce emotions that you know, aren't helpful towards achieving our goals. Okay. And yeah, money isn't just about the numbers too. It's so very much about the emotions. That's true. Um, whether you feel anxious or you feel, you know, sad or worried or excited, whatever it is, um, there's a lot of emotions linked to money. Well, that, that, that's an interesting point that you made there because that kind of leads me to my, my next question. Do you think that, you know, the present consumer culture, you know, has a way of impacting getting out of debt and improving our overall financial health, you know? the need or the emotions involved in, you know, purchasing and that kind of thing, do those impede us, you know, in the environment that we're currently existing mm -hmm. in? Absolutely. I would say a hundred percent. This culture we're in doesn't encourage delayed gratification, right? Mm -hmm. You get everything instantly. You walk into a store, everything's there. If it's not there, it's on Amazon or it's somewhere where you can get it as quickly as possible. Yeah. So I truly feel that because of that um, lack of delayed gratification, that muscle, like we haven't really trained that muscle, mm -hmm. you're more likely mm -hmm. to look towards, say, debt or credit to um, supplement your lifestyle when that really shouldn't be the case. Right. You should be able to plan ahead for big purchases, uh, you know, actually say, okay, uh, do I need a new iPhone? If I do, um, how, like, how much is it? How many months is it going to take to save enough to buy it? You know, all mm -hmm. those questions. Yeah. So um, if we were able to actually take a step back and ask a few questions before, uh, you know, like big purchases or most purchases, I think it would help to reduce that, you know, go, 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 consume, consume, consume. And really help us be more intentional with our yeah. spending. Okay. Yeah, that mm -hmm. makes sense. So um, have you found that there is a financial management or financial capability gap between men and women? Um, I know a lot of the work you do is with women, helping them to manage their expenses and to build wealth. Um, why is this so important? Uh, it's really, really important to me because while technically we don't have a capability gap, like there's mm -hmm. no real difference between men and women, the, the difference comes in things like us as women not earning as much as men for the same role, same job, mm -hmm. right? 
So that impacts our disposable income. And I realized that uh, there are a lot of challenges that we face in, mm-hmm. in terms of it's not a thing of the past yet. True. So that often means that as women, uh, compared to you know a male in the same um, in the same position, same company, we tend to make less. Because of that, we don't have as much money to put away. Plus, let's not forget, um, we certainly spend more on self-care. And then there's the pink tax. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yes. Yeah. So um, there's that. Um, And oftentimes, women take time out of working to care for family members, whether it's um, their children, like going on mat leave, or... Um, maybe a parent or, you know, an elderly person mm-hmm, in their family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most times it falls on women. I wonder why that is. <laughs> that, that, that's true. That's probably a, a discussion for another podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's a full thing on its own. So that's another reason why uh, we tend to have less income, less to put away. Um, also, when it comes to investing, I find that women tend to be a bit more on the conservative side. Mm-hmm. And men were less likely to take risk, and that can impact the returns we get on our investment. Yeah. So I tend to coach uh, a lot of women through that to help them actually feel more comfortable taking risks so that mm-hmm. their money can grow. And um, once we've got a plan in place, though, women tend to follow a disciplined strategy more so than men. <laughs> so, okay, okay. <laughs> so it's, I guess it's what, a trade off between the two. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so we're good long term. We're very good long term as long as we stick to the strategy and we're able to um, invest appropriately. Okay. Yeah. And in terms of, you know, women's lifespans, how, you know, sometimes we tend to live longer than men. So yes. does that also impact our investments or how we manage those investments? Yes, it certainly does. That's a great question. So, um, you know, facts do show that women outlive men or tend to live longer than men, um, which means that we also need a lot more money to last us through our lifetime. Um, most women also end up having to take on, uh, you know, managing the household finances, especially mm-hmm. later in life. And mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. sometimes that can be um, daunting because uh, chances are they've never done that before. And all yeah. of a sudden, they're left to look after um, the finances and are trying to figure out how best to, to do that. Okay. So um, we now have access to, you know, so much technology than ever before. Do you think that like finance apps have a role to play in helping people better manage their relationships with money? Yeah, absolutely. Like that can help with um, the education aspect of it. Okay. Um, there are lots of tools out there. There are, you know, courses you could take um, with apps, especially for banking, for instance, that gives you ease of access. So you know what's going on with your money all the time. Yeah, right? that's true. Yeah. Once you have that visibility, like, you know, what's going on, I feel it's not as much of a taboo you know, subject, because it's there. It's easy for you to um, just tap into it, see what's going on, make adjustments if you need to. So um, it, can, it can definitely help us to be better with our money. 
Um, there are lots of blogs as well on money management. There's mm-hmm. just so much information. Yeah. That I think having that access to information helps. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess in line with, you know, new ways of thinking and, you know, what are your thoughts on the FIRE movement, which, as you know, stands for Financial Independence Retire Early, which all sounds very appealing to me, I have to say. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds appealing to everyone. (laughs) Retire early. (laughs) Well, uh, there are a few pros and cons for sure. Mm -hmm. So let's start with the good stuff. Like, I like that it gets people thinking about increasing that gap between income and expenses mm-hmm. because that is like the secret sauce for being able to do things financially. The more you can reduce how much you're spending, the more you have to save, right? Yeah. In some instances, you might have to start a side hustle or Maybe you have a passion project you'd like to begin that could make you an income. That's great. Like it's nice to have supplemental income, mm-hmm. but um, I find it's easier to control your expenses. Yeah. Of okay. course, when you live in, in countries or places where the cost of living or the standard of living is high, that might get harder and harder to achieve. Right? True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. In, in Vancouver, it's expensive. Expensive to like pay rent, food, all these things that it really does cost a lot. So it might not always be feasible yeah. to um, significantly I, reduce expenses. I think we uh, we can identify with that in Barbados as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I also like that with that people start thinking about investing. Like there's there's a focus on how can I make my money work for me. Mm-hmm. Right. And we need to have that mindset if we want to accumulate wealth. Yeah. You have to get every dollar working for you. So those are some of the things I really like about, I guess, the fire movement. Um, Cons. I I do think it's somewhat unrealistic, Mm -hmm. especially if your income isn't such that it's significantly higher than your expenses. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, there are a lot of people living paycheck to paycheck and not necessarily because their expenses are high, but because, uh, you know, that's, that's what they're earning. That's what they are able to earn. And that's just the cost of living. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's, it's not accessible to everyone. It can, it can put a lot of pressure on individuals too. Um, it goes back to the idea of comparing yourself to other people or um, not being happy where you're at. I'm all about balance <laughs> and financial well-being. So mm-hmm. <laughs> these are some of the things that popped up. I'm like, oh, no, now you're going to be like, I have to get here in like 10 years. And yeah. it's absolutely not right. So it really is about balance. Uh, you, maybe in achieving retirement by age 45, Mm-hmm. You've given up so much along the way that you're so sad. <laughs> True. And I mean, the other thing is, it's one thing to retire early, but I guess we don't know how long we'll live, how long we have right. to sustain this lifestyle, I suppose. Exactly. Yeah. And um, don't you think it sounds better to, like, along the way, do the things you actually love yes. while still planning towards your goal? Yeah. 
instead yeah. of waiting, you know, waiting, hanging everything on retirement as we don't know what retirement will look like when we get there. Exactly. I yeah. just keep having this image of um, traveling and not actually being able to get in the water because I'm afraid <laughs> going to fall over or something. <laughs> but you think you'll be too old to enjoy it? Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I agree. Do what we can know within reason. Yeah, it's exactly. True. It's true. It's yeah. So-, so I think it should be more about balance. Um, it, it's a good goal to have like financial independence, but uh, remember it means something different to everyone. Mm-hmm. And really financial independence for me might just mean being debt free, which means I don't owe anybody anything. And I like, I have enough to cover my expenses you know, for the next however many years. Great. Uh, it, it, yeah, it's different for everyone. Um, so I know we're clearly living in challenging times and, you know, many people have lost their jobs or have seen their disposable income kind of reduced. Um, what advice do you have, you know, for them with regard to personal finance and investing, you know, especially at a time where markets and I guess the whole world really is quite volatile? Yeah. There's been quite a lot of volatility, honestly, in the last, you know, three months or so. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, You know, most of it comes down to um, managing your expenses. Um, It is a good time to put money away or invest because in times when people are fearful, as Warren Buffett says, that's when you should be greedy. And when mm-hmm. people are greedy, when you should be fearful. Be fearful, yes. Yeah, so it is a good time to put money away. Um, I, I do have clients take a look at how much they're able to, within reason, uh, still invest systematically. That way you're not thinking about it. You don't have to make a conscious decision. And it's not necessarily something that will cause you stress, but you're, you're doing something for your future at a time when it makes sense. Okay. So um, that is something to consider or think about. Um, prior to this, emergency savings is something that I talk about a lot. Uh, it's important for you to have an emergency fund, mm-hmm. uh, usually about three months minimum of expenses, three to six months. That way you have that safety and you feel like you can handle anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So um, lastly, what is the best piece of financial advice that you share? If we take nothing else away from this episode, what should we remember? Start early. Compound interest is amazing. (laughs) So (laughs) if you don't quite understand that Google compound interest, um, the power that has on, you know, multiplying your wealth or your net worth is astounding. And the only way to really take advantage of it is by starting early to put money away. Okay. I will definitely, you know, I will definitely remember that. I, I feel like, <laughs> you know, made some strides, but definitely I feel there are things that I could do more of. Um, so thanks, Dami Lola, for sharing your insights with us today. Hopefully it gets people thinking more about their financial health and wealth. So thanks again. Um, it was a pleasure. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. This was great. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to join us every other Wednesday for another episode of Shack Shack. 
subscribe to our podcast using your favorite podcast platform. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can also connect with us on IG, Facebook, and Twitter, or by email at akilia at shapshack.club. Let's shake things up. <laughs>